This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 125 of Aviation Careers Podcast, the podcast where we try to inspire you to move forward in your life and your career. Well, today I have a really special guest with me, and it's somebody that I've been trying to get on the podcast for a while, and it's a topic we've talked about before. We're going a little bit away from the airline pilot thing. I know that's been a big focus lately, and uh, I really want to start talking about drones, and I have somebody that knows a lot about drones and opportunities in the market in the drone business. But before we introduce him, uh, really quickly want to mention our sponsor. We really thank our sponsor, Three Point Aviation Services. Check out Three Point's book and video on IFR holding at stuckmikeavcast.com. Also, we have a link to it here at Aviation Careers Podcast. Uh, you can find out more about Three Point Aviation at www3, the number three, pointaviation.com, or check out their Facebook page, facebook.com slash three point aviation. Also have in the show notes at the bottom some links to his website. Uh, we uh, This is an interview show, so we're not going to do questions and answers. Stay tuned on the next episode for those questions and answers, but there is one thing I do want to announce. Uh, people have been asking about the 2017 Scholarships Guide. It's coming out in within the next week or so. What is today? Today's uh, January 31st and uh, should be out Eh, probably in the next uh, week, uh, first week of February. So look for that in Amazon, also the iBook store. You can also become a member at Aviation Careers Podcast. $10 a month gives you access to the online database, which is the most current information. Well, gosh, this evening, I uh, we, you know, we, I was having this discussion uh, with a really special person, somebody who knows quite a bit about drones and uh, drone law, and that is John Ruprecht. And uh, John, welcome to the podcast Hey, thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Well, John, you know, uh, a little bit of background on John. He is an attorney. He's a drone attorney. He is the drone attorney, I should say. I have, uh, for months, been reading his newsletter. It has some wonderful articles on his website. If you want to learn about drones, of course, uh, some of you have heard from uh, Stuck Mike Avcast, that one episode we did on how to get your license. Well, gosh, he, he delves in so much deeper than we do on that, has all the questions answered about drone and drone law. One of the reasons I wanted to have John on today is that so many people have written in and said, hey, you know, what can I do in aviation with drones and what kind of money can I make and where can I go? What type of industries? This is such a it's, – it's new. It's, it's exciting and it's wonderful. And, John, man, you're, you're at the forefront of this and it's really cool. So tell us, first of all, before we start talking about that, what exactly do you do as an aviation attorney and a drone attorney? Okay, so what I focus on specifically is helping individuals make money without having the FAA get, you know, upset at them. I get a piece of paper with your name on it from the FAA saying you can go make money. That's basically what I do in a nutshell. But and uh, oh, kind of looking at overall, um, you know, b- business consulting with uh, regarding drones, just kind of navigating that. Also, FAA enforcement defense when the FAA sends you that letter of investigation saying, hey, you shouldn't have been doing that. I can help with that. Uh, letters of um, uh, certificates of authorization, certificates of waiver. We need to do operations outside what is normally being done, Section 333 exemptions. While those have pretty much primarily gone away, there's still some beneficial uses there. Uh, So that's primarily what I do, everything in that area. 
Interesting, interesting. Uh, so let's talk towards our audience, who are people that are interested in getting into a job in aviation and aerospace, not necessarily flying planes, but they're really, they love aviation, and they love to fly, and they want to do something that includes something in the air, something flying. Well, drones is, has opened up a lot of opportunities. So first, let's talk a little bit about what opportunities there are to actually make money with drones. And I know this is going to be a huge list. Uh, so get, just give us a few examples of some of the big things that you see people are doing with drones to actually make a living. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, aerial cinematography. You can use drones for all sorts of things for commercial purposes. Uh, in like creating car commercials, you have uh, wedding photography, you have roof inspections, you have drones being used for mapping. Uh, so you can create uh, uh, 3D images of certain things. You can do volumetric analysis to determine the actual amount of your stockpile if you are doing uh, you know mining and stuff like that. You can use it to detect the health of your crops. There, I mean, it, there's all sorts of industries out there, and drones can benefit one of those industries generally in some type of way. So most people are going saying, hey, I, I want to get into drones and make money there. I would say like, well, hold on. Uh, drones are really just a platform. There's a sensor that's attached to that trying to gather some data. And each industry needs a specific type of data. And so before you kind of jump into this, I would say, do you currently have any connections in a particular industry and start there and how drones could benefit that industry. So if you have a real estate background, then you might go, hey, well, let's jump into that. That might not be the best industry for a person starting out, but you have connections there with the brokers. Uh, that might be something uh, uh, good to jump into. Or if you're doing, if you have a uh, maybe a farming background or uh, commercial real estate, maybe those also have unique applications and uh, drones that have unique sensors as well. And when you start thinking about how you want to position yourself in this industry, I would highly suggest thinking about how to position yourself where you are more insulated from competition. So right now, the drones that you can buy are, I mean, they're getting better. The software is getting more idiot-proof. And what that, what does that really mean? It means you as a highly trained pilot are not that necessary. Um, the, the dollar amount you know, per hour for some of these jobs will be dropping. If you can get into certain areas that are, require more skill set, knowledge, our professionalism or the sensors are special, uh, maybe like LIDAR or something like that, multispectral cameras, hyperspectral cameras, uh, then you could potentially position yourself because it's more difficult to acquire the capital, the knowledge, the skill, the relationships to get there. That's where I would say focus on what within your current sphere of influence uh, would be a good, what industry there would be a good place to start at uh, so as to make sure you are profitable. Interesting you said that because uh, one of the people that had written into us uh, asked about getting involved with drones, and he's already involved in a business where he takes uh, photographs for real estate, and he does that now. He's been doing it for years. He also does photographs for automobiles and automobile dealers, and he says, is there any way I can tie those two in? John, you, you'd probably say yes, you could, couldn't you? Oh, exactly. I would say that everybody needs advertising, right? And so, yeah, <laughs> drones take really cool pictures from the air of stuff. And so uh, there, there's a lot of things you can do there and why you're also potentially marketing to the, uh, car, the, the, the car dealerships, right? Well, they have large facilities with these large roofs. Oh, hey, Bob, I noticed that, you know, uh, 
you have these large roofs here. Do you do you have any like leaks around the building I could possibly check out with my FLIR camera? And then you can maybe work at other relationships with other industries that use maybe the sim- the same type of platform. So you can get into commercial uh, roof inspections, dealing with you know roof inspectors and where, who they don't have the knowledge or the uh, the skill set or the pilot license, anything like that to to get in that area, but they have the licensing, at least from the state level uh, or the, the background or the connections. And you guys can pe- you know, team up in a peanut butter and jelly relationship. So while you're doing one uh, job over here for doing like a car commercial for this dealership, right? At the same time, you just drummed up another business deal that you could have also done with a roof inspector on the back part of the leaky roof. With, uh, at the car dealership. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do off of this. It, the drones are very uh, versatile platforms right now. So one particular drone could do multiple jobs in multiple industries. I mean, probably one of the most versatile uh, commercial grade would be the like, Inspire uh, 1 uh, two, or 2. And so you have the uh, FLIR camera you can mount to it. You can also mount the uh, X5 uh, which can shoot some very high-end uh, footage. And so those are two very versatile uh, cameras that can be both mounted on the same platform, the uh, Inspire 1 and the Inspire 2. Interestingly, you're talking about some, you know, and obviously we'll have some links on the website to some of those models, but uh, just in general, somebody who's looking at getting into this as a business, they also may think about, gosh, what is it I'm doing right now that can I can use a drone to actually add to that business? Uh, before we talk about that, uh, one of the things that really concerns people, and I think it is a concern, and I'd like you to speak towards this, how about the person that, like myself, who made quite a bit of money as a pilot, as an aerial photographer, doing commercial photography of, say, a construction site and the progress of that construction site. Have you seen a shift? And I'm, I think you just said it there. You know, your pilot skills aren't as important. And those, those, uh, the cost of the pilot is actually going to go down. Have you seen a large shift now into those photographs being done by drones? Yeah, they, yeah, there, there is a shift, and I think everyone re- needs to uh, be honest about it and realize it that the, uh, yeah, some of the jobs uh, in the aviation industry are it's a horse and carriage situation, and the car just arrived, and you better adapt. Uh, that's just the best way to put it. And so, I know that certain flight departments, you know, they don't like that. And they are getting replaced. Will be better now to start a drone business, so you could potentially gather up the business from your former, you know, your former uh, uh, employer. Uh, but you know, this is the way everybody is moving. The cost of acquiring the data that it was necessary is becoming lower and lower. So utility line inspections, you know, monitoring construction sites, all of those things are becoming far more easy to do at a lower cost right now or more frequent. Uh, and it, you, you don't have to deal with um, some of that airspace issues sometimes. Sometimes you do. It depends on when and where and what. Uh, but the, it, it, it's overall you're going to start competing with um, a certain demographic that is probably the same the demographic that's trying to get into the regionals, right? But they don't have the pilot license and they're willing to work for a whole lot less. Uh, but keep in mind, now, you as a pilot are going to be very valuable to larger companies. I, w- I want you to think about this. And this is what I've counseled the, the, uh, the larger companies I've dealt with. And then they're like, well, we need pilots. Where do we do? I'm like, I'm telling you right now. I want This is what I tell them. You're going to want to go and get somebody with a private pilot's license or higher. Yeah, you could probably get a sport guy or a rec guy. But what happens is there's a more of like a, um, uh, um, a mentality there of a culture of safety, a culture of professionalism that is is ingrained into 
the um, the pilots, right? I mean, you could probably still hear right now your flight instructor screaming at you because you didn't do something right way back in flight school, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I can still hear my Croatian, my, my, uh, she was a Czech, Czech woman screaming at me to, to do my checklist. And then later on, I ended up getting an Air Force colonel, uh, fighter pilot, uh, Vietnam guy, crazy story but yeah he was my my flight instructor later on all the way until i i ended up getting my cfi um and those people they 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 instill a professionalism in you and some of you have probably already know people that are dead you know i have a dead person's signature in my logbook that affects you and then that you take that same mentality into how you work and how you fly drones and so that's one thing that sets you apart from the droners out there and i would say that's something you definitely want to market especially to the larger companies out there who are tending to hire people full-time in-house so this could potentially be a nice side gig part-time full-time gig uh that a uh, someone who doesn't want to go to the regionals or is in the regionals looking for a way out or looking to supplement their income might want to look into. They need to set up these flight departments at these larger companies, and they need to have somebody who is uh, a little bit higher up on the, you know, more knowledgeable than a 107 guy. And I part 91, uh, you know, part 61 pilots, certificate of pilots. That's a great, uh, a great job to just slide right into. There's not a ton of them out there uh, of these jobs, but they are going to be start like popping up more and more and more. I just was looking at one of those today. Someone sent me one. It was like, Hey, you know, send this around. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that like you said, it's going to continue to build. One of the things that I think uh, we have to realize is the, like you said, it's the culture. It's, it's the attitude of safety towards the operation that uh, it's not just knowledge. A lot of people think because you're a private pilot, you have the knowledge, but it's also exactly what you said. We have a culture of safety that, uh, and I'm not saying that the other people in the other industries aren't like this, but it's been ingrained in us. It's already there. Another interesting thing that I think maybe you can talk towards is I have have been talking to a lot of folks in in a lot of the corporate departments, in the flight departments, and you know what's happening is a lot of those corporate or private aviation pilots are now being asked to get involved in their drone department. So there's another opportunity for those folks that are listening that are doing corporate flying. It's like, hey, you know, maybe we can, you know, co-op this and start flying and flying drones. It's uh, one, As a matter of fact, one is a very large company with, with over seven jets that they fly, and they are actually have asked their pilots to help them start a drone operation within their department because they have such a large uh, footprint throughout the world even. So I think that's that's phenomenal. I think that's really interesting to get started there. The problem I have with that uh, is it, I shouldn't say I have, but there is a a caution uh, in doing any type of drone flying. And let's speak towards those people right now that are listening, that are flight instructors, commercial pilots working for those corporations. There are certain precautions you have to take, and uh, you may wind up getting into trouble possibly in the future. What? What are some of the cautionary tales? What are some of the cautions people should take if they currently are commercial airline pilot, commercial pilot, flight instructor, and they want to get into drone flying? Sure, I can give you. Uh, you know, yeah, I can, I can definitely speak to this issue. Uh, so, 
There are a lot of companies that are hiring manned aircraft pilots to fly in this area. What's happening is the managers, the people that are going out and soliciting, you know, they're getting the work, they're signing the contracts, they're doing the deals, uh, don't really know what's going on with, uh, you know, what's going on up in the sky with the airspace, where it's, where whatever that location is, is on the sectional chart. So what ends up happening is you get these situations where, you know, the, the manager now starts telling the pilot, hey, we need to fly here at that time. And then you start looking at the section you're like oh wait hey, hey, that's a that's a bravo there buddy uh yeah we're gonna need an authorization for that or a waiver and then they're like well how long does that take oh that might take a little while to get from the faa oh we can't do that because the shoot's tomorrow and then guess what now you're pressured to go and do a job that could potentially put your certificate on the line and i noticed this has been happening more and more with some of these companies one in particular I was talking to another aviation attorney and we, I, yeah, he mentioned a name and I was like, that's the same one. I'm, <laughs> I keep running into these problems. And so be very, very careful and don't be afraid to tell them no and just go to someone else. You are valuable uh, to other flight operations out there that, that value you uh, because this is what can happen to you as a uh, manned aircraft pilot. Okay. Let's say you're a commercial can you lose your commercial pilot certificate if you get in trouble with the FAA? Yes. Has that happened before? Yes. Uh, the FAA has gone after multiple, they, they haven't gone after many, many, many uh, uh, people, but they have gone after some. On, on my website, I went through 23 enforcement actions that were disclosed from a FOIA request. And out of those 23, one was a student pilot. He voluntarily, in, in the negotiation, uh, revoked, uh, offered over his student pilot certificate to be revoked for a reduction in the civil pilots and uh, in, in the civil penalty. And there was also a second person who had a commercial pilot certificate and that person's commercial pilot certificate was suspended. There was another situation I know of where the individual's flying a drone and his commercial certificate was emergency revoked. So this has been happening um, it's, so be very, very, very careful when you're going out and doing these jobs because you stand to lose far more than some of these other people in the drone industry, uh, you know, really realize. And so somebody who comes up to me and I get this question a lot as a flight instructor and says to me, Hey, listen, there is this drone operator that wants to hire me because of my experience as a pilot. Is there anything I need to worry about? And you would say, uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, at USD, uh, uh, there's always something talking to an attorney, right? It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I was watching this, this movie with, uh, Cary Grant in it and he was playing a doctor on uh, this quote. It's very applicable to also attorneys. And he's like, it, it's like, ma'am, my job as a doctor is to come up with something for you to worry about at night. And that's what I feel like with an attorney, right? It's like, is there something to worry about? Yes, there's always something to worry about, but I'll give you some realistic scenarios here of why a flight instructor would want to be careful when doing drone flight instructing with individuals. So you have the relationship primarily between you and the student. You need to be flying the aircraft in such a way or watching him uh, fly the aircraft in such a way as to be able to immediately take over the aircraft in the event uh, where some type of emergency situation would happen, right? We don't have a dual yoke set up uh, with all the drones. What you could do is have a buddy box set up if you want to do that where you could override your student. You could also have a situation where you could pull the controls directly out of the student's hand quick enough. I don't know if that's probably the safest because if his fingers are on the joysticks and you kind of like rip it out, I'm just like, that's not so great, right? <laughs> and not to mention if he takes his finger off the throttle, the drone's coming back down. So, uh, And then the last one that 
an example that the FAA gave was where you can hit a button and it would freeze the drone in midair. You have to be standing so close by as to actually intervene to make sure that maybe he doesn't injure himself. So it's one relationship between you and the student. Another relationship would primarily be between you as the flight instructor and like the third party. So the student the student does something stupid, then ends up injuring the third party. Third party could come back and sue you for negligent supervision or, uh, or instruction. You also then have what's I think probably the worst part about being a flight instructor is, and this is why I stopped flight instructing a while back, was that you have this lingering uh, liability that attaches to you. Every time you go and send a student out, let's say you send 100 students out, that's 100 reasons to get called into court. Just think about that. That that stays with you. Because if that drone goes and injures somebody, and a, uh, a personal injury attorney is going to try to find everybody, every insurance policy or any money involved and try to sue everybody, the theory of liability would primarily be that you were negligent in your flight instructing of that individual on the, uh, the, on the drone. And so that's one thing you have to be very, very careful of there. Another one would also be, well, who are you training? Are you training a U.S. citizen? Did you check? Because don't we have those like TSA, you know, flight regulation things and the security awareness training, all that stuff we have to do every two years at, at the end of our, you know, uh, our research for our CFI, right? That's something that has been very neglected in the drone community. And I think as uh, time goes on here, uh, TSA, everyone's going to start waking up with more and more uh, terrorist activity that is happening with drones that uh, there will be a crackdown at some point and they will start asking questions to the uh, Part 61 pilots, the flight instructors, the 107 uh, pilots asking them, like, hey, did you check this guy out? Is this guy – where's your security awareness training? Did you do anything? These are things you want to be paying attention to. Interesting. You know, uh, the one thing I was thinking about as you were talking is there's not a lot of difference between what you said and, an, and a flight instructor for a manned flight. In other words, you're teaching a private, an instrument, a commercial. That can still come back years later. So you have to be careful that, you know, every every student, you have to obviously do your due diligence and be careful as far as what you've taught them. But, yeah, it can come back a year, two, three years from now, and then the FA asking you questions. Uh, and you brought up a really good point. How about the individual who says, hey, I'm a flight instructor and I'm teaching people how to fly in airplanes, but on the side, I also want to become a flight instructor or be a commercial drone pilot. Uh, those those operations, uh, there can be implications on your actual manned pilot certificate. So you have to be very careful, don't you? Oh, exactly. I mean, that FAA has done in the past, and I can I, I think they will continue to do that uh, more into the future. And so, so people are also probably wondering why, why or how the FAA would actually manage to find you. Well, the drone community is really good at social media and stalking you to find out exactly how you violated the law because they took the 107 test too, right? And so they know what you can and can't do. And then they'll be more than willing to uh, turn that all over to the local FISDO, and then the ASI will start investigating you. And and that's generally how this stuff happens. Uh, one of the biggest cases, Skypan, that whole case, uh, the, the the original aggregate fine was for about $1.9 million. And this was against a drone operator. It, it, it just settled a couple weeks ago for about $200,000. Wow. But what happened there was that there was, a, a, I think it was like two anonymous phone calls came into the ASI over at the FISDO. And then the FISDO guy started snooping around. And then that that's kind of how it progressed from there. Uh, in in the whole situation, and some people also wonder, like, well, if I'm hiring drone uh, illegal drone operators, is that really a you know 
Uh, is that really any liability to me? You know, this is something that also some of the realtors, um, the real estate brokers will 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 raise. And I would say, well, the Skypan case is a great example of where Maclow Properties hired a Skypan to actually do some real estate footage of some high end property, and the FAA subpoenaed Sky uh, the 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 uh, Maclow Property guys. And also Skypan at the same time. Skypan fought it out in the district court up in uh, up in Chicago, up in federal district court. But the Maclow guys ended up having – they complied with the subpoena and then turned it all over. Well, that took time away from doing what you were doing because you had to comply with that subpoena unless you want to disobey it and then get in trouble and then go to jail. Uh, but – you had to take time to find out, well, what, what did they want? Oh, they want all these emails from such and such. They want all the ca- cash checks from such and such and all that. And, and now you have to send off, get your accountant, whoever, somebody to go and do that. And how much money did you pay for someone to go and do that? And that that's where then hiring questionable drone operators does and p- does potentially uh, potentially cost more than a 100% legal uh, operator. You know, and, and going towards that, you know, we've looked at the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, and we've talked about, you know, the, the potential of working with a drone operator that uh, may not be the best to work with. But there are, and I'm sure they're out there, you know, the and they're definitely out there, is the, the folks that really want to try to do the best job they can and be the safest operator out there. That actually is something, if you're thinking of becoming a drone operator uh, and you want to work for a drone operator, that's got to be difficult to find those people, I'm assuming. How do you go about that? What, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's listening right now saying, hey, I want to be a drone operator. I want to do this. How do I find the reputable organizations? Okay, so um, that's a, a, I would say primarily focus on what is in your area uh, first. Try to see what what larger companies, anyone that's trying to set up some uh, drone operations, see if you can go that route first. I think that would be the better way to do it. With the the larger companies, you have a little bit better, more stable line of employment. Uh, if you're going to start dealing with like the smaller drone operations that are looking to hire pilots, I would uh, you can call around. But at, while you're also calling around, I would be trying to find out if you try to find out about the other guys from the other guys, right? Hey, right. so you're talking to you know drone drone operation B. Hey, do you guys know anything about drone operation A or stuff like that? You can start finding out who's who or deal with peripheral people that that are kind of like dealing with people in the drone industry, but they're not part of the drone industry and see if they have anybody they recommend and then maybe go uh, uh, talk to them, find out how long they've been in the business. Um, many of these drone operations that have popped up recently have only been around for about one to two years. I would say stay away from those. Go for everybody that is longer. Some of the, uh, the long timers, they do value their pilots. Uh, and they, I, I mean, one of my clients, I mean, I think, I don't know how many ATPs are in there. Uh, yeah. And so, <laughs> and so they, they value that over uh, a, a, a typical 107 guy. So find who's been around the longest. Typically, past two years is a good number. Interesting. Interesting. You know, and, and that's some great advice that you gave. And, you know, we only have about five minutes left. But one of the things what we'll do is uh, a lot of the terms that we've been using here, we haven't gone back and defined like 107, Part 61, et cetera. There's, there's a good uh, description of that and how to become a drone pilot and Stuck Mike Avcast. We'll have a link to that. Also, John, you have a lot of different links on your website that actually describe how you can become a pilot, a drone pilot. And uh, where can they actually find that on the Internet? 
Sure, you can find it on jrupreclaw.com. That's spelled Juliet Romeo, Uniform, Papa Papa, Romeo, Echo, Charlie, Hotel, Tango, Lima Alpha Whiskey.com. I have many resources on there. Uh, what happens uh, what, when you actually crash a drone? Do you know there's actually reporting requirements to the, uh, the FAA as well as the NTSB? You might want to file a NASA report that could potentially come in handy uh, in, in certain situations. There, I have a whole entire 100 plus page study guide if you want to take the initial pilot, uh, the initial, initial knowledge exam for the 107 and lays out step by step how also current. Uh, pilots can obtain their pilot license as well. The 23 enforcement actions I referenced, all of that is in uh, multiple articles on my website. Awesome. Well, John, you know, uh, I'd love to have you come back on because you know what's going to happen is we're going to get a lot of questions for you. And, uh, of course, if you have questions for John, just get feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. You know how to go to the contact page. We'll send them along to John, and we'll answer those on here. If he can't come on live, obviously he can always email those back to us. But, uh, we, we, boy, we could have this conversation going for quite some time. We'd love to have you come back. I'd, I'd hope you come back and talk to some of these folks and answer some of these questions. I'd really love to have you back. Sure, I'd love to. I mean, we have whole questions about insurance. Like, what type of insurance do you buy? And all accident reporting and what what's what's going on there? Did you know you have to report to the FAA also? Uh oh, what are you gonna say? Uh oh, right? There's there's a lot to uh, uh there's there's a there's a lot there. And then just you know navigating the drone industry, what platform might want to choose? What about the waivers? What about the authorizations? I want to fly at night near you know Miami International. What do I have to do to be legal? Right? Right. Or what if I don't be legal? What happens then when I get the letter from the FAA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of issues. And and like I said, we can have a continued conversation for many episodes on this, and I'd love to have you back. But one thing I want uh, you to do for me is tell me, let, let's leave on a positive note. You've bet your career on this, uh, becoming a drone attorney. Obviously, you must feel that there is a demand and a need for drone operators and commercial operators where do you see this going? Do you think, if, if someone's listening right now saying, I think I might want to become a drone operator, a drone pilot, you know, do you think there's going to be a, a demand and a growth and how much growth in the next, say, five years, in your opinion? Uh, I think there is a need. It'll primarily be well. The, the best jobs I think will be primarily in the uh, the, the larger companies where they want to uh, manage multiple. Uh, remote pilots, the 107 guys. Uh, so if you have some, you know, some experience in the area and you have a manned aircraft background, I'd say focus on those. Those will have probably some pretty good paying jobs. You'll be at home every night. So I, that's definitely something. Uh, as well as when uh, this industry is going to continue to grow. Uh, on my website, I also published some of the statistics uh, from the Part 107 uh, that that the passage rates of the test. And what's interesting to note is that. The passage rates for the remote pilots, and I know a lot of people poo-poo them, or they're about the same rate as the private pilot. Now, given that that's also that's a percentage, so you know, right. <laughs> you don't know how hard it is. It's just a they they so many managed to pass. Um, but also, what was interesting in the statistics was that there was a really really large amount of Part 61 pilots that were coming in, actually more so than Part 10 than uh, brand new guys were coming in to get their remote pilot certificates. So I see this is a really good opportunity for a lot in the manned aircraft industry to come in, potentially grab up you know market share while it's a lot easier in certain areas. Um, uh, why this is a good time to jump in right now? I'd say before more and more remote pilot guys come in. 
uh, to take over the area. I mean, it's already right, we're already over twenty something thousand remote pilots have been issued here in the United States uh, in just the last couple of months. So it's going to continue to grow. And if you kind of make that projection, you're like, wow, it's not before long. Uh, drones will be the big gorilla in the room. They will outnumber manned aviation. Um, not that long into the future. Well, that's good. And it's good to hear that uh, there is opportunity out there. There's opportunity for manned and, and unmanned flight. And I think this is this is an awesome thing to get into. And of course, uh, here at Aviation Careers Podcast, we talk about all aerospace careers in aviation. I think this is something that you really should focus on if you're thinking, hey, you know, I, I love aviation. I love uh, things that are technical. And I, I love getting out there and, and uh, operating in the world and challenging myself and going out there and learning new things. I think uh, becoming a drone operator or a drone pilot would be a wonderful thing. Uh, John, you know what? I really appreciate you coming here today and talking to us. We'd love to have you on again. Like you said, you'd like to come on. We're definitely going to have you back on to talk more. There's so much to understand. I'll tell you what, I mean, that that website, the Root Prec Law, we're going to actually have that uh, link on our website to the information. You have so much stuff on there. It's just an awesome job you do there. I'd highly recommend people also uh, signing up for your newsletter. I've uh, actually signed up for it, and there's lots of really good information out there. There's a good uh, you know, 10, 15 articles out there that are that are really, really important, I think, that you should everybody should read. Also, uh, you have, I think, a Twitter account that I'll have a link to. What is your Twitter one more time? It should be, uh, it's actually Jonathan Ruprecht. So just type out my name and it ends at like uh, the R. And, uh, and that, that's how you'll find me on the uh, on Twitter, as well as if you go to my website, you can get to the Twitter there. I also have a newsletter that I try to publish articles weekly uh, on random topics. And so I've been doing a lot of back-end reworking here to specifically have some really good uh, drip content out to people starting their drone business or they already have a drone business and they just want to continue to you know up their profits. So I've just been putting a lot of effort back into that. But Twitter and newsletter would be the two best ways to get a hold of me. Twitter, I send out stuff that I don't normally send out on newsletter, like breaking news or issues that aren't really that evergreenish. You know, it's like some guy flies a drone into the Seattle, you know, needle, right? It's like, okay, I'll tweet that out and just kind of comment on it. Or or why someone might want to watch out about marketing drone jammers, how that's actually a violation of the FCC regulations. So I tweeted that out. But I won't write an article on that. Right. Awesome. Well, you're the person that eats, sleeps, and uh, drinks drone information. Uh, it's so cool to have you on finally. We've been wanting to have you here. And uh, uh, like I said, I love your newsletter. I've been uh, signed up for it for a while now. The information on your w- website is awesome. If you're thinking of studying for to become a drone pilot, you want to know anything about it, go to his website there. Uh, we'll have links at Aviation Careers Podcast. Also, don't forget that uh, if you could, make sure you go over to our sponsors. Uh, our sponsors help us produce this and bring this content to you, and they also, because of our sponsors and their help, we're able to put together the largest online directory of aerospace scholarships. And that sponsor is Three Point Aviation Services, and Chris Pazala actually is running that. You know, check out Three Point's book in the video on IFR Holding at stuckmikeavcast.com. And also, you can find out more about Three Point Aviation at www.threepointaviation or on Facebook, Three Point Aviation. We'll have links to all of his information on our website. Well, folks, I appreciate you listening. 
listening. And and like I like to say every single time at the end of the episode, I want you to do something now. I want you to do something today to move forward in your aviation career. It can be a small step. It can be a large leap. If you're somebody that's interested in flying drones, becoming a drone operator, go out and check out some of the websites we talked about. John Rukbeck Law will check out that website there. That's something you can do. If you're looking to, to actually get into a commercial airline pilot position, pick up a book, start studying, find out more about that career, ask people around you, listen to this podcast, write into us if you have questions at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com, but do something, do something today. We'll talk to you next episode and safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.